You boys are out of your mind. Ooh, yeah, dig it. A little bit of the bubbly. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Big Boys and Body Slams. Three goofballs that talk about wrestling. We're here to boost your ass and have a blast. So enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, as we all know, it's the season of giving. It's the holiday season. However you'd like to say it, I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know we all did. Thanks. Uh, with that being said, can, do you mind if I tell a little story that I heard off the top? Time for a little story. I don't want to wax poetic or anything, but I, I heard a story the other day and it really resonated with me. So I'd like to share it with all of us before we get started. Please okay. share. Please share. So there's a, a man and a woman, a homeless man, and he's sitting outside of a storefront one day while the woman is doing her holiday shopping for her friends and family. And she goes in and does her shopping, and as she leaves, she notices the man is still sitting there. He's got his cardboard sign and his little folded Dixie cup getting drenched from the rain with a few cents here and there scattered in it. And uh, something in her head tells her to approach this man, and she doesn't know what it is. So she approaches him and says, how can I help you? And the man's a little taken aback because, as you can imagine, people begging on the street corner don't get a ton of attention uh, even during the holiday season. And he says, excuse me? She said, I want to help you. How can I help you? She said, do you need food? He said, no, I don't need any food. Do you need clothes? No, I don't need clothes. Do you need money? Do you just need money to get back on your feet? He said, listen, I really appreciate everything you've done for me, everything you've said to me. I don't need any of that. And she said, then what do you need? Let me help you. This is the season of giving, and I want to give to you. And the man says, I just need to know one thing, and I just want one answer to a question, and I'll let you go on with your day. Oh, God. She says, okay. Anything you want to say, say it now. And he said, where can I get the best take on classic and current day pay-per-views in podcast form? And she says, big boys and body slams. Three goofballs that talk about wrestling. My name is Zach. Yes, sir. (laughs) That was a start. I'm Kyle. (laughs) And I'm Luke. And we're here. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Boost your ass and have a blast. Boost your ass and have a blast. That's right. Damn, that was good. And we are here to talk about Starcade 1997. I'm sorry. What did you say? Starcade 1997. The Sting one. Yeah. But before then, I think Uh, we have a little bit of... Couple things to get o- talk about. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about let's let's talk about the WWE first. Uh, number one, if you watch Monday Night Raw, you may have noticed that Dio Madden is still gone, and uh, Samoa Joe's been handling Samoa commentary. Joe is on commentary, and uh, no mention of where Dio is. Uh, so he's been written off TV. Apparently, I kind of like Dio. I like Dio too. I definitely think he still needs a little more f- training and fluffing. I do. I do as well, but they were able to come up with an excuse for Morrow. But why not Dio? They haven't even tried. He took the F5 a few weeks ago and yeah. he's been gone ever since. True. But they haven't followed up with it. They haven't said Dio is on assignment. He'll be back next. He's just gone. So it's, I don't know what happened to Dead. Dio. Just something to think about. By the way, though, Samoa Joe's really good on commentary. I, heard. I think he's got himself a job when yeah, his I think job's so. done. I think so. Um, and then speaking of WWE, how do you guys feel about the TLC build? Because as you know, TLC is next weekend and there are zero matches oh that's right there's nothing going on for tlc wow this weekend there. that's almost par for the course lately so there's mm. zero i mean did they officially announce the tag team match yet because uh-uh. there's rumors that there's going to be a tag team title match the, uh, the women's tag team yeah the tlc the but i don't think anything's been officially announced so we are next week if you're listening to this the week it comes out it, the second week of december is the go home week for tlc and there's currently essentially nothing announced 
there's rarely there's really only a few things they're even building to. I think you'll probably have Lashley and, and Rusev. Rusev. Uh, it looks like maybe you'll have Kevin Owens and AOP ag- or Kevin Owens with two partners against AOP and Seth Rollins. Maybe, <laughs> uh, probably Daniel and the Fiend. Yeah. So I mean, I guess you can kind of piece together a card. But man, what are I, they doing? Probably Brock Daniel and, and the Fiend. Or, <clears throat> fiend. Fiend. What? what? Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Uh, Roman and Corbin is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, they have been having beef since Survivor Series, I guess. Well, I mean, after that, you don't really... Brock's going to be gone until Rumble, so... I mean, you don't need, you don't need <clears throat> like, a 10-match card, really. Like, you can have a six-match and throw a couple NXT matches in there, too. You could just have a six-match card and a three-hour pay-per-view. Right? You could go two and a half hours and people yeah. are going to be happy. Maybe that's what they'll do, but I have a feeling that they'll somehow squeeze nine matches onto the card, seven of them unannounced. Yep. Hey. Yeah. How do you feel? How do you feel about the Fiend title? I oh, hate that's it. That's ugly. I'm really glad you brought yeah, that up. Yes. It's the ugliest. Does thing anybody want to buy that? Uh, it's yeah, like I, w- I would love to. How much is oh, it? Oh, it's like two grand. It's How like sixty five hundred dollars. Oh, sorry. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Well, Black that's, Friday though, right? <laughs> oh, Black Friday. It's like ten percent off. That's asinine. That's ridiculous. That is, what the hell is it made of, man? The fiend. It, it must be actually made of the fiend's yeah. body. What the hell? He's like a he's like an anemone. He can separate parts of himself and they'll regenerate. Uh, it, the belt's really ugly. If you haven't seen it, it's just his face. I like the idea of him having a custom belt. Yeah. Oh, I love that idea. Yes, well, but yeah. not this. How do they drop the ball well, so bad? So on? he has like so Bray. So like Funhouse Bray has the blue title. Uh huh. Right? And then and then Fiend just has his own shit. Yeah, I think that's kind of what they're gonna be doing with it. So I, I mean, what? really, is he gonna come out with the face title, or we'll see? I'm not sure. I know how to articulate this very well. Well, but, do your do your best. But the way, the way that they are, the way they're treating Fiend with the title is weird to me, because he's supposed to be like this. Um, this mythical not this monster that really has no affiliation with anybody but the company's going to give him his own his belt his own title even though he's just like a he's just unleashing hell upon everybody maybe he made it himself oh uh, out of his own skin <laughs> yeah out of yeah. his own skin yeah he what has the? extra faces laying around i don't know what they're doing uh kyle bush Oh, Kyle Busch won the twenty four seven title on Monday. If you, that, if you don't know what that who that is, it's a NASCAR driver. Jesus he Christ. recently won the the championship. But is that the most unbelievable title win maybe in the history? No, it was when they had that dorky announcer roll someone up. Funaki? No, oh. it was like a Fox Sports. Oh game. yeah, but, that's right. But oh, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like like Michael Strahan. It was some little guy. This is up there though. Yeah, I, I mean, that. come on. I mean, no disrespect to Kyle Busch. Driving a race car is not easy. But uh, the man is a doughy, pudgy, balding dork, and he 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 rolled up our truth for several seconds. More than three. Yeah, because it took Michael Waltrip like 17 days to get his jacket off. <laughs> and apparently, Michael right. Waltrip's a ref now. By the way, Kyle, you want to give your personal opinion on NASCAR? Nope, not here. Kyle's okay. not a fan. Kyle hates NASCAR. Okay. I always talk to him about it, too, just to <laughs> ruffle his feathers. Uh, so I think that is that about it for WWE? Any other newsworthy yeah, items? Um, <laughs> I kind of want to talk about something, and this is something that kind of made me a little little angry. A little oh, upset. let's hear it. Uh, over the weekend, was was it WrestleCade? WrestleCade. And I'm trying to find out who all was in the match. Uh, Tessa Blanchard was originally supposed to be in the match, and she was not in the match, but there was a match with Jordan Grace and Taya and I forget who the other competitor was, and Sandman told them behind the scenes that nobody wants to see the women main eventing shows. That is a very hot take, Sandman, and you are absolutely wrong. Yes. You know, Tessa cut a scathing promo before that show <laughs> saying that basically all Sandman could do is drink a beer. 
terrible. It's almost like these trashy ass wrestlers that we used to love are trashy they're in out, real they're life. One by one, they're all outing themselves. Oh too. wow! I mean, <laughs> wait, what did we expect them? Did we expect them to have good progressive takes? Um, honestly, I expect them to at least be quiet about it. And I, I wasn't Hell expecting no. all see, TE, son. I was expecting these guys <laughs> to true. you know follow the Tommy Dreamer route and just be like, "Let me help you guys and teach you." Yeah, you know, Rob Van Dam, Rhino, and Tommy Dreamer are all kind of, you know. Using their expertise. There's a reason they're but, still in the industry. But here's the thing. Yeah. Tommy's always been like that. Yeah, that's right. True. But Rob, Rob and Rhino have been great. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like people like Sabu and Sandman have never been like that. Right. I yeah. mean, that's true. Sandman, Sabu, and other old school stars that are just Jim Cornette being another one, just out of control and trying to find their way to bury people when you should be trying to build these people up. Billy Graham, add him to that list. Oh, he has God. some pretty. Uh, it's it's inflammatory takes. It's insane for. I mean, there's more than we're naming off, but for every Jericho there and RVD and Dreamer, there's like three or four legends I that think, are putting people I think down. Two things. I think one, it speaks to the like Luke alluded to a lot of these guys. Who knows what condition their brains are in and their bodies? Right. And the second thing is, it really just shows you how much of a gentleman's Genera- club oh, okay. wrestling used to be. I was going to mm-hmm. say generational gap. That too. But, but ha- wrestling really used to be this closed off, quartered, no anything goes. You know, behind the scenes, all bets were off, and it's not like that anymore. And a lawless wasteland. Yeah, clearly a lot of legends, not a lot, but a, a good number of the legends are struggling to uh, have modern ideals Adjust when it comes to that industry. It's so weird to me, though. Like, don't you? Why wouldn't you want to help people continue what you love? Don't you want wrestling to be the best it can? Right, right. But so things like that in a performance, individualistic standpoint, like in that sort of nature of a field. People are going to have their egos and be self-centered anyway. Like, how many egotistical wrestlers? Oh have yeah, been? because wrestling's built on the ego. Say, yeah. The, the saying the saying is, if you don't want to be on literally the best wrestler in the world, then why are you doing it? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So of course, there to me to me, there's of course there's going to be some uh, individuals that are that remain self-centered and about themselves even when they're long past their wrestling days. And uh, you're right. I do think the performance center is helping turn that around. Because you're getting guys like Scott Hall and Shawn Michaels helping around and helping these wrestlers get better and better. So I think I think we're slowly starting to see the corner, but then you hear the Billy Grands and you hear the Simmons. And I guess I said for every Jericho, there's like three bad examples, and that's not true. Um, but there are a lot of these guys that just are holding on to the past so much, and it's like, yeah. let it go. Speaking of the Performance Center, did you guys hear about the Tommaso Ciampa yeah, interview does. that he gave with Lillian Garcia? I did not. Where he, he said... He uses the go to Raw or SmackDown. He said oh, he, yeah, yeah, he'd yeah, retire, retire before he I went to Raw did, and SmackDown. Because yeah. apparently they tried calling him up uh, when he was still injured. And he said, no, no. And he said, no, I'm not... He said, I got a newborn kid. I'm not hardly on the road. I only have so many matches left in me. I'm not going to burn through them in a year. It really makes you wonder, like... How sustainable, really, in today's day and age, is is the WWE's main roster like ha- schedule? It's grueling, man. It, it it's insane. They need they need to do kind of a rotation. Yeah, yeah. Well, with a roster that big, it only makes yeah. sense. And they're getting to the point where people are literally. I mean, Tommaso Ciampa is an example. They're turning down pay raises to stay in NXT, where they can work a lighter schedule, where they can be with their families, not every night, but. A lot of the nights. Why do you think guys are rather going to AEW right now? Because they don't have that grueling schedule, and they let them have that freedom, too. That's and a big the part of it. The bennies. Ooh, I thought of another thing that we should probably talk about. Yeah? Ring of Honor. 
Should, in, should we? The, they are, they are going to be in a lot of trouble. We should have talked about this last week. But, but Kelly Klein this story just and Joey keeps... Mercury and BJ Whitmere are all screwed. coming out. They are all coming out with their with stories. stories. So Kelly Kelly Klein, the champion, got fired via email because she asked for a raise. Because she asked for a raise. Do you know how much money she was making? Twenty three thousand dollars. Twenty three thousand dollars. She wanted twenty four. I make. She wanted twenty four, and they said bye. She, she wanted a thousand dollar raise. Yeah, and they, something like that. And they it was, fired it was her via raise. email, and then blocked her on Twitter. Yeah, preposterous. So she's been having a field day, and then Joey you, Mercury has just been going off. Did you see just all the? Like his nose have you seen? Time. Have you seen? <laughs> nice. Have you seen the leaked text messages? Oh, where the, the Ring of Honor owner said that uh, Flip Gordon should be drawing people, not Ring of Honor or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and he said that they, right now they don't have one star who has drawing power, and that they're not. He said that they're not going to go out of their way to resign anybody. That if people really want to resign, they can come to them. Oh yeah, because they have all the leverage in the fucking world. They are a, it's a sinking Ooh. ship, so and, bad right and now. And there are some guys on that roster. You know, Marty's leaving. Oh, he's got to. They're gone. losing probably their biggest star. Yeah, I Marty Marty's got to be their biggest star. Him and Bully Ray, right? Right. Yeah. And so Marty's probably going to AEW. I mean, chances are get Jay Lee the butcher, the blade, the bunny, and Marty. Yep. And Mar- dude, he would be perfect. I, that's I mean, it's kind of that's what everyone's saying. It's kind of the vibes I'm yeah. getting. But. Um. That was a botched. Uh, that was a bad by introduction. The way. They should not have attacked Cody. Yeah. Cody's got the MJF stuff. Why didn't they attack Kenny t- or anybody else for that matter? Because Cody's got the sympathy, I guess. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. But hey, that beginning segment with Jericho was oh, money. It was so good. Money. It was money. so fun. Jericho is making stars. Just like he's like a hurricane right now, but he is making stars and spitting the them out. Did you see his series of tweets yesterday where he was talking about how, or it was from an interview? that he did with SI where he was talking about how they're playing the long game and people are complaining that they're not focusing on any one person, but he said that they're cycling through people and they're trying to fo- focus on one new talent every few weeks and that they're, they're playing, they're in it for the long run. And right. it was a really interesting perspective. You no, know, Yeah. And I think we've said that a lot that they don't just, they just don't throw everybody out there every week. They kind of, they're, they let the MJFs and they let yeah. the Scorpio skies and they're letting the Darby Allens build themselves up to be credible contenders. Joe because Janela's I mean, really and- like, this is kind of unprecedented what they're doing, at least in our lifetimes, right? Where they're building something from the absolute ground up. Right. So we want them to have this more narrative, standard storytelling, you know, uh, system when really, like, they have an entire roster to build up and it's going to take time. Right. So I don't know. I thought that was some interesting perspective. Um, what else should we touch on? Oh, oh Stu Bennett. Stu Bennett has Stu. been hired in the, NWA Power as the, the former Wade Barrett. The former Wade Barrett will be doing commentary for NWA Power now. And a, a comment, that's a big man. A comment yeah. I got to make about him is might have been one of the biggest balls dropped by WWE. Oh yeah, he was ever. great. He should have been the world champion. Oh yeah, easily. God, he was so good. Well, he'll be a good addition to commentary. He is, and I'm, I'm sure he won't be as uh, controversial as others. I uh, know. I certainly hope not. I certainly yeah. hope not. That rhymes with Kim Jornet. <laughs> Well, with all that out of the way, I think it's time. I think it's something controversial. I think it's time to talk about Starcade oh, nineteen. Oh, I thought this is where we were firing Luke. Seven. Oh, oh dang! Not yet. Not oh, yet. Ah, shit. Um, this is coming to us from December twenty eighth, a late Christmas present from WCW in Washington D.C. And uh, the raucous crowd. The fans were getting coal. Yes, they were, but not they, Michael. They didn't even know it though. They got coal, but they acted like they were getting a Mercedes. So can I tell you the best part of this whole show? Please do. The build-up, the video package for oh, Sting right man. here. Oh, <laughs> man. This was excellent. Oh, my God. This video package was amazing. It's shot on like a 16-millimeter camera, so it's not like that tape look. You know, It's got a real movie look to it. It looks like a vignette from The Crow. Like, 
this is awesome. And it's that, and it's not, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's like 30 seconds long. And then we get into the action and it's great. And I love it. And this is probably the best thing on the show. Yeah. You guys really, really, really loved it. Huh? I loved it. Oh, it was fantastic. This or his entrance was I the think best stuff on the show. Better. His I entrance was I don't was really know why. Good. Dude, you know what actually takes me out of it? Huh? Is the fucking... The stock ass thunder sounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, that it didn't bother me. So me. This video just—it was. Okay. I, had I definitely noticed. It was okay. Um, and then we get into the commentary booth. It's going to be Dusty Rhodes, Tony Schiavone, and Mike Denae. What an all-star! Where's Bobby? Where's Bobby? He—he he died a few years ago. Where's you, Bobby in the show though? In oh, the, in, this, in that context. You know what? He probably wasn't there. Uh, it might be in the crowd. As yeah, every, you know who was there? Everybody in the roster who was Especially wasn't Greg the Hammer Valentine, who was showed like six times he, on I, camera. You know what he was He's doing? Important. I'm pretty sure he was moving seats to wherever the camera was going to be so we could get as much screen time as possible. Uh, but they basically showed... So this whole story about this pay-per-view is WCW uniting and trying to dethrone NWO once and for NWO all. NWO versus WCW. Should this maybe... Revenge. Should this have been the end of NWO maybe? No. But I don't think I don't think it should, it should ever have been the end of everything. I don't think it should have oh. grown past five or six people. For I think sure. I think you should have probably done the three that you got. Maybe sold out should have been the end of NWO. The NWO I think could have gone for a long time as long as you you kept it not having seventy people. This was kind of when you saw it kind of slipping away in this show a little bit. I think right. This is a really interesting time for the show because you had a lot of. Well-known names who are still kind of coming up through the ranks, like Billy Kidman's still in the flock at this point. Goldberg's uh, super young. Here. Goldberg's Bill. still Bill. Bill. <laughs> um, so you got a lot of guys. Uh, Chris Benoit still has a mullet, and he cuts maybe the worst promo of all time. No, before his match. Not the worst. No. He just stutters. A few it was times. pretty bad. Uh, and then a Raven is just getting out at ECW. Yeah, and so this is, looks so fucking good. I know he's I very handsome. Saturn looked good. With hair, uh, too. The hair sucks, but the seat does look <laughs> He's great. got Brock Lesnar hair. Uh, and this first match has two legends. Yeah, so we're going to get it started with a cruiserweight match, of course, because every decent, not saying this is a decent WCW show, but every, every, WCW, every WCW show starts yeah. the cruiserweight yeah. match. And this is going to be Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero for the cruiserweight the title. Man Malenko. And I'm going to tell you right now, the biggest annoying thing in this match mm. the announcers spent more time explain, telling us that Kevin Nash was not here than focusing on this match and it drove me crazy they probably said no less than five times in this match that Kevin Nash wasn't in the building it was so obnoxious it was bad it was distracting it even got to the point where Dusty Rhodes was like yeah we know he's not here but look at this that's happening in the ring right now right and it and it kind of sucked me out of the match oh yeah it definitely sucked me out of the match good too. thing I was like half-heartedly listening to that yeah I mean you're you're that you're fine because they Thank all goodness. almost all they did was talk about Kevin Nash oh the whole time um few really good looking by the way these were some of the best power bombs I've ever oh seen. Oh my god. I don't know if this mat was just extra stiff or oh, what. No, but bro. They, man, they were planting each other with the power bombs in this match. A really nice Alabama some, slam yep, by Malenko. Malenko was working like a heavyweight in this match. Dude, Malenko <laughs> deserves so much more credit for his whole career. I don't think the guy gets the credit he no, deserves. No, I agree. He was he's such an excellent you know, worker. Every time we watch a WCW match, Malenko or Benoit Always have the best out. matches. Yep. Or, or together. Yeah. Um, True. Also, uh, Dusty, Drew. again, just being the only person who cares about the match, he's really selling how uh, Eddie's working over uh, the leg of Dean, which is going to stop him from applying. You know that it's bad if Dusty Rhodes has to be the one to bring you back on track. I know. And Dusty also kind of explained the backstory. Yeah. Uh, these guys are former tag team partners. But they're in the spirit of competition. Uh, yep. Dean wants that title. Which, which every time Dusty would start the talk... The, the other two would just start going off about Kevin Nash. I know. Or the, the guys in the crowd. Yeah. Sorry. 
Oh, no, you're good. No, no, no. Uh, Eddie looks fantastic, and Dean is ageless. Oh, I know. He hasn't Dean aged. Dean Malenko's ageless. Yeah, Dean looks he can the still same. Go. He could still go. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the end eventually does come when Eddie Guerrero grounds Dean and then hits him with a big boy frog splash right to the injured knee that he'd been working over in... 1457. 1457. Uh, my notes say here, not a bad match, maybe a bit too long. Uh, there was a couple lulls in where you it think so? kind of felt like, uh, I thought that if this was a 10 minute match, I think it would have been a lot tighter. I still give it, I mean, I give it three stars. That's not a bad match. It's, this is as good as it's going to get on this show. So hopefully you enjoyed it while you can. Yeah. I gave it three stars too. Um, I liked it though. If the announcers weren't so obnoxious and it was about two or three minutes shorter, I probably would have been closer to three and a quarter, three and a half. Mm-hmm. It was a really good match. Eddie and Dean were just treasures. Really good in the chemistry. Ring. They're just they're just amazing. Uh, I give it three and a quarter. Cool. I, I, thanks, man. I really enjoyed um, the well. First of all, like you said, the stiff ass slams. Yeah, man. And, and the stiff ass chops. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of agility here and there, and. Honestly, I felt, I don't know, I could have dealt with a few more minutes, but that's probably because I wasn't listening to the commentary. <laughs> um, and I loved how Guerrero worked the leg over mm, and yeah. over and over. Smart. So smart. a missile drop kick that wasn't actually to Dean Linko's chest like you'd usually see. It was yeah. to the leg. He did that several times. He hovers in the air when he hits those drop Dude, kicks, too. It's ridiculous. Anyway, yes, it is. Uh, usually I have discussion questions, but I have a discussion question after the show. Oh, boy. That's kind of, that might take a couple, 10, 15 minutes to talk about. Oh, I like it. Uh, up Damn. next, Scott Hall saunters down to the ring. Hey, he is drunk. He's as on fuck. something uh, here. Hey, so he kind of he, he kind of just rambles for a few minutes before he eventually gets to what he actually wants to talk about. Well, he was, dude. He was just doing the poll. All right. He was, um, he was talking I, about the, he, was doing, he had a census question. I to do want to tell you guys something. He starts talking about how at Super Brawl he's facing the winner of Hogan and Sting, right? Yep. Yeah, guess who wrestled at Super Brawl? Who wrestled at Super Brawl? Hogan and Sting. Oh, great. So so he's out Jesus. here like booking a match for himself that never happens. Vince would be mad at him for that one. They'd cut that out of the Hulu version. Well, he think- also calls the giant Franken-goof. Yes, that's what just Fantastic. Uh, he basically says, Kevin Nash isn't here, so congratulations, the giant. You get to win by forfeit. So Kevin Nash... If you didn't know, wasn't at the show. He... he uh, well, he had chest pains that he thought was a heart attack. His dad died of a heart attack around the same age, apparently. Uh, this is all from Eric Bischoff's both book and podcast. podcast. So uh, they actually thought Kevin Nash was hurt. So he wasn't just like ducking a show. Um, they thought he had a real heart attack. But the rumor was he didn't want a job to Giant. That That's kind of the... The, the, con- the conspiracy theory. That was yeah. almost even like... Yeah. In yeah. impact when he didn't want to lose to... Was it Austin Aries or Alex Shelley or somebody? It was he, Aries, I believe. And he got hurt lifting a toy box? Yes. Because the weights were in the toy box? It happens. Um, uh, he Eventually, the Giant does come out. They exchange words. The Giant says, I'll be here in professional wrestling for a long time. You were not wrong about that. Uh, that he's patiently going to wait for good old Kevin. And then he beats up Scott Hall. And Jack Knives. And, and gives and him ja- a, yeah. yeah. By the way, um, I do love how you can totally tell that <clears throat> the Giant here was told to be lumbering and slow. Yeah. But then the moment that he actually started wrestling was quick. And then he pulled off Scott Hall. He pulled off Scott Hall's little flex, like his dance. Yeah, he did. After getting the jackknife. And he, he looked quick as hell. He does. So it's like, it, it's so funny to me. We've talked about this before. But it's so funny to me how athletic and, and fat, like how light on his feet he actually was. Yeah. Compared to how they wanted him to be. Both right. in WCW and WWF. Yeah. It's yeah. the, the stigma of the giant. Uh, so that's that segment, just kind of explaining away Kevin Nash. Thankfully, you won't hear about him the rest of the show, really. 
maybe here and there, but boy, we got something special for you next. Up Soul next. Train is in the building. Yeah, Soul Train Jones makes an appearance because we have Scott Norton, Vincent, and Jesus. not Conan, uh, but Macho Man Randy Savage instead. Conan uh, had the Mr. Show. His wife gave premature birth to a baby. Their couldn't baby. They, couldn't they have said that? Yeah. They could have, or they could have just gone with the whole Conan got beat up in the back or something. Yeah. It, it was, they, they wouldn't say why Conan was gone. They like started introducing him and then his music didn't play. And then the announcer was like, where's Conan? And then Macho Man just comes out and they're like, okay. And they're facing who? They're facing the Steiner brothers and uh, Ray Trailer. The former big boss man. Big, big boss man in this show. does not look good. I don't know no. that I've ever seen a wrestler in as bad a shape as he was in in this match. Oh, I mean, outside of like the extra heavyweights, like he could hardly move. He was in bad I've shape. Seen, yeah, I've seen Balls Mahoney look pretty bad. Serious question. He was looking like me out there. How would uh, Ray Trailer this time feel playing football with us on... Last, Last Friday. Friday. Oh, I could have burnt him. Yeah. <laughs> I could have burnt well, him deep every time. He would have trucked all of you, though. Not Rap Daddy. No. <laughs> no uh, this match sucks. Uh, nothing happened. This is a big nothing burger. The closest we get to anything happening is the end of this match, where it, I wrote down it basically just devolves into a bar fight. Everyone's just slapping and hitting each other. And there's no, it's just bedlam. The only one that did anything cool was Scott. Yeah, well, the electric chair DDT was really cool. Like the Doomsday device? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was like a Doomsday DDT, but my favorite part of this match, they hit that move, which should be the finish because it looks devastating, but Scott Norton's just standing there, and he has the laziest pin breakup I've ever seen in in my entire life. Yep. This was amazing. If you missed this moment in this show, it's worth watching. This match is worth watching for that moment alone. He's basically just standing there, and then he just like kind of like... Like lazily, you know how when a ball falls and you're like trying to trying to kick it to give it back to yourself, he does that, but he does that to break up the pin. He's just very low effort. Uh, Scott Norton, man, he looked really bad on this show, dude. And unfortunately, we had to see him several times. Uh, it was not good. How eventually though, after that, we get a Frankenstein,er but Macho Man breaks up the pin. Impressive. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, every time. And uh, it was on Soul Train Jones, Vincent. Yes, and then Savage hits the elbow drop to Scott Steiner. And he pins. I don't know if he was the legal man. Yeah, Steiner was not the legal man. But he got this. The, pin. He got the pinfall regardless. In eleven oh six, this was a real slog. This was I. This was really when I knew the show wasn't going to be. Good. What'd you give it? I gave it a star and seven three quarters. I all, not seven quarters. Nine and three quarters. Yes. I also gave it a star and three quarters. It was. Here's the thing: they didn't really botch much in this match. No, nothing. They just, just, just nothing. Nothing. They they didn't do anything. Uh, th- there was a fun spot where uh, Savage picked up Elizabeth and put him in front of Scott Steiner. Yeah, who, that was who good. just moved her. Yeah, and went after picked her. Picked her up like a baby. By, yeah. by the way, but God, this match had had talent in the match. There was just nothing. They had nothing to do. Yeah, it it was weird. It was just not good. Yeah, I actually gave it two. Which, Whoa! Look at that. I guess wow. Scott. I guess Scott just looked that damn good to me. Uh, which is, by the way, this is really weird seeing him in this stage. Seeing him like so, not long hair in between, but he's big got booty he's, daddy. And he's two and months Steiner away. Brothers. He's two months away from turning on uh, on Rick. So like he's got he's got the short hair, black hair, and he's got the whole goatee, and he's just gonna die it all. He's slowly getting there. Yeah, right. you can see the transformation. But he's happening. definitely not the long haired, uh, clean shaven. Nope. Steiner brother like he used to be. Nope. Bark, 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 bark. By the Thank way, you for that. Uh, uh, Vincent, uh, I mean, uh, Virg, uh, Soul, Soul Train Jones. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was a bumping fool. Yes, he, he was. It's so weird to me that he was the guy that's still in this match. <laughs> I like, know. 
Like, I, I like seeing him out there, but I mean, I'm sure you had. Why was Scott Hall not in this match? <laughs> right? Bro, I've got some commentary on that later. Like, no, nah, we can just bring it up now. Uh, I looked up, I like, just looking in the crowd, guys, I just want you to realize this. Of all the shit shows on this card, of all the people that were in this card, you mentioned it. Scott Hall's not in there. Fucking put Harlem Heat in a damn match. Put Rey Mysterio in a damn match. Right? Like, like half the roster is in the crowd for this show. No, the whole like. roster's in the crowd. Yeah, everyone who's not working the show. Like, put someone who with some fucking talent in the in I'd hate review. to see their payroll for that night. <laughs> I know, dude. I know. Um, up next, uh, it's we're supposed to be getting Raven versus wait, wait, Chris By Benoit. the way, by the way, we're going to try this. What? Uh, Gene Okerlund does his best game show host impression. Oh, I was skipping a match, by the way. Uh, yeah, he basically he plugs the hotline, and then he's like... Uh, uh, anyone going to call it? Are uh, we going to try it? Go, try go it? for it. Hold on. Just let me know when you're ready. Okay, give me the number. 1-900-909-9900. Let's see if I, I get anything this time. Nope. Man. This sucks. One of these days. One of these days. I love like, I love that they blank out the number. But then, then he says it. it and they don't bother editing that out. No. Uh, he basically plugs the hotline and then he says, JJ Dillon, come on down. And JJ Dillon says, Nick Patrick's ref the main event. <laughs> Who could have thought? We, we drew out of a hat and it's Nick Patrick. Well, wait a minute, Mr. Dillon. That's very controversial. He's I like, mean, Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, he's she's has a good track record besides being part of the NWL. <laughs> Mere months, months before this. Don't worry about that. That's what it. Uh, never mind. Uh, Questionable. Hashtag FNP. Will it will it play into the finish of the main event? Not really. Not <laughs> not like it was supposed to. We'll get there. Uh, so we're I I as eager as I am to talk about uh, the uh, Raven and Chris Benoit match. Uh, well, it was slated to be a Raven Chris Benoit match. I guess we should talk about Goldberg and Bill? Steve Bill Goldberg and Steve Mongo McMichael. Before we start, I'm sure we're all in agreement here. Mongo's the worst member oh, of the Four Horsemen my ever, right? Ever, goodness. ever, not close. He was unbearable in this match Dude, to me. He couldn't even sell. He couldn't. There was one point when Goldberg tries clotheslining him, clotheslining him out of the ring, and, and he just stays. He, he just like he like balances on the top rope. He eventually goes over, but it's ugly. And then, oh man, the spear. So the spear Goldberg oh hits God. to Mongo in this match. It was like Goldberg hitting a brick wall. But don't, but don't give but don't give Goldberg too much credit because Mongo punched him. In the side of the head, and, and then, it took him like eight hundred days. Yeah, yeah, then four seconds later, Goldberg. Like, oh, was, ah, like, the, pro- the problem is, Goldberg was never the best. This should have been a squash match. It should have been a squash match. And why is he working with somebody who can't do anything? I know they should have put old Soul Train Jones, Virgil, Ray Mysterio Vincent in here. Uh, How about Ray Mysterio? Well, do WCW versus WCW. Greg Valentine. Yeah, I, sh- I should have looked up when he debuted compared to this. It w- it was not long. No, but like he's fresh out the plant. Right? Yeah. With not knowing anything. But, uh, but Mongo is not the guy to make somebody look good. No. That ain't it, Chief. And he didn't do it in this match. This match was horrible. But yeah, Bill- this also had the silliest table bump oh, of all time. When basically Mongo's standing on the apron and Goldberg slaps him and then he's like, huh? Huh? And then he falls through the table. Like, like when but Giant also- fell off Kobo Hall. <laughs> Why did Goldberg sets the table up outside the ring? Like against- He sets it up twice. Yeah, he sets it up the first time. Against the corner. Against the, the corner and it just sits there. No, Nothing happens with it. <laughs> and then he moves it. Then he moves it. Then he um, gets used. By the way, the ugliest table ever. I was hoping this was a horror. It was a bad table. I was hoping this was going to be a squash match, but once they started fighting on the ramp, I realized it probably was not going to be. Goldberg hit a spear that Mongo Mongo kicked out of. Yeah, and but he, he it was the worst spear of all time. Oh, Mongo didn't move. No, 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 no wait, wait, wait. He didn't kick out of it. Goldberg picked him up, lifted him up. Oh, okay. Is okay. that what happened? Because yeah, I wrote sure. kicked out. Um, they, commentators even said something. Yeah, this is really bad. Eventually, at last, we get the jackhammer and Goldberg wins in 
Five fifty nine. Oh, and a quarter. I really didn't like this match at all. Um, I gave it a star and a half. It wasn't good, but it wasn't the worst thing we saw on this show. Nope, you're right there. Um, it happened. Goldberg needed to be protected, right? Like, the guy should be just running through everyone. They should have put somebody else in this match. Anybody else. It didn't, like, Mongo didn't do him any favors. No, I mean, to be fair, he got the majority of the offense in this match, but when you're working with somebody who can't sell, it doesn't make your offense look devastating. Well, I just keep going back to Vincent in the first match. or Who was bumping his ass off. Who was bumping for everyone, and he comes back later and starts bumping for everyone. Yeah. You guys said star and a half? Yeah. yeah. God, I melted. I said star and a quarter. I, I give it three quarters of a star. That's, I don't blame you. Oh, I you thought you were going to say three, and I was like, no, no, what no, are no, you no, doing? It was, it was I don't shit. blame you. It, it was, was really bad. Shit. It was and, really bad. But one thing, I mean, so like we mentioned earlier, this is Bill Goldberg. They're announcing him that way, and he's not running through, he's not coming through sparks. No. He's not being led. There's the not back. really a Goldberg chant until after the match. Which, but you can hear murmurs. Like, yeah. He's starting to get he's, hot. His star is starting to, is starting to get right. heated. Starting to yeah. rise. But again, this was not the guy to make him a star with. No, this was a baffling booking decision. You should have. Like you said, Rey Mysterio. I know they're doing the WCW versus NWO thing at this point, but I mean, Goldberg doesn't... But Mongo Goldberg wasn't doesn't, in the NWO. He and, was a horseman. And Goldberg doesn't need to have that alliance anyways. He's no. his own man. I'd you rather know? play that game for 10 hours straight than to watch anything on this pay-per-view again. Sorry. Okay. Same. Uh, that up a, next... It was a good game, though. It was. Now we're going to get Raven versus Chris Benoit. Uh, or so we think, because Raven comes out and says, ever since I signed with World Championship Wrestling, I've been doing things my way with Raven's rules and Raven's everything. So I am i don't want to wrestle tonight, and so I'm not going to. Saturn's going to wrestle for me. And here comes Saturn. Just Saturn, by the way. Uh, no Perry. No Perry. Uh, and that's going to be the match. It's Saturn versus Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit struggles uh, way, his is, way through this, a promo. This is supposed to be Raven's Rules. Yes. Yes, yeah, this is Raven's Rules, which I wasn't. I missed a miss on the commentary. Kyle had to correct me. Yeah, I heard the commentary. Because I was like, why it. isn't that a DQ when Billy Kidman hits a shooting star press off the apron? And then I. Which. Okay, let's. That was crazy awesome. Oh, it was beautiful. This match isn't bad. This is. This, this was, was my favorite match of the night. So the whole story in this match is Chris Benoit trying to overcome the odds because the whole flock is just ambushing him the whole match and seeing if he can make anything of it. Um, he can't. I mean, he does get a decent amount of offense in. Uh, my favorite part of the match is when he hits the crossface outside of the ring to Saturn, and that's when the flock just flocks Blocks him. <laughs> to him and nice. just starts ambushing him. They roll him into the ring. There uh, were some chops and some belly the bellies in this match that were just yeah, brutal. Man, he was... Th- Saturn was bumping his ass off. And Saturn was throwing Benoit. Saturn hits a beautiful springboard moonsault at one point in the match, too, which ends up hurting both of them somehow. Um, I think because maybe Chris got his knees up a little bit. Eventually, Raven does end up in the ring. We get this really cool face-off, but there's some shenanigans behind Benoit, which distracts him, which allows Raven to hit the DDT. Even flow uh, or Raven effect? I like even flow. Uh, um, and then that allows Perry Saturn to hit the rings of Saturn. And uh, by this point, Benoit's dead. Brutalizer. The brutalizer, yeah. yeah. Uh, by this point, uh, Benoit's dead. So the ref has no choice but to call for the bell. And Perry Saturn wins by submission in 1050. Three stars. I thought this was pretty good. Uh, it wasn't the best match of all time. But for what it was, it didn't overstate its welcome. And I liked the story that they were telling. That's the main reason why I. I like this as much as I did. And I was desperate for anything after the last couple matches. Right. This is my favorite match of the night. I gave it three and a quarter. Whoa. I, I actually really, really liked it. I thought... I th- Usually I don't like the run-ins too much, but I thought there was enough... Like, I thought it played into this Raven's rules, Raven's story yeah, really well. Sure. And I also liked that Raven would, would kind of get involved, but for a long time he wouldn't do anything. Did we ever get that match? I'm sure we did, right? Yeah, I'm sure we did. We I'll also got it. the tag team matches. Yeah, true. Raven and Saturn versus like Benoit and Malenko and stuff. 
We um, reviewed one of those matches. We, we did one of those matches. Which <laughs> was, was very on good. another bad WCW show. <laughs> it was a good match, was a good match. Uh, so I really enjoyed the story here of the flock just getting involved at every chance they could. Billy Kidman looked awesome. Billy Kidman had star written all over him. This was uh, still grunge era Billy Kidman, too. Yeah. Luke? Two and a half. Nice. I did, I, I did not like it as much. I don't know why. Uh, I think what pissed me off was that it was Raven's rules, and I understand that there was interference, which, like, okay, that makes sense. It's Raven's rules, but there was just nothing hardcore about it. And I don't know why I expected that, but I expected there to be some other, some That's other fair. tomfoolery. That's fair. Um, Chris oh, but, Benoit, though, man. Well, I mean, like in hindsight, it it sucks, but he has. Such by the a way, he hits a flying headbutt. headbutt. Oh, that yeah. flying headbutt was nuts. Across, he coast to coasted a yes. <laughs> flying headbutt. Right. Um. I mean, to be fair to Luke's point, like the run-ins don't really mean as much if you have them on every single match. Right. Uh. But it is what it is. Up next, we're g- now we're g- oh boy now who I hope you like good wrestling shit. Because this is Buff Bagwell versus Lex Luger. I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back. This is Buff Bagwell versus Lex Luger in 1997. Uh, this match is not is not bad. It's not terrible. It's 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 abysmal. The shits. This this is the gentlemen, worst. This is as bad as it gets. Gentlemen, in the history of our great podcast, in the history, I have never come closer to skipping a match. To skipping a. <laughs> <laughs> fucking match this this, this I, I i gotta be honest i kept hitting the 10 second button in the middle of this match and every time i hit the 10 second button there was a rest hold and i'd hit it again oh he's still in a rest hold why don't we just get the again. time of the match out of the way how long the how, match was 16 minutes and 36 it felt seconds. like it was 60 it was, minutes. i believe it's the longest match on the card that's great that's just what you want out of lex Fucked. luger and buff bagwell if you want to know what happens in this match there's a few run-ins and nothing else happens so vincent savage and Scott Norton, who all like running. who lazily saunters out to the ring and gives the worst big boot of all time. I don't mean to keep picking on uh, Norton, but he didn't he didn't do anything. Good. Uh, Norton brought a chain out. That's true. He did bring a chain out. He didn't use it though, did he? Yeah, no, he, he did, did yeah, use that it. Was that's the right. Finish. That's right. Uh, I know you were asleep at that point. But. Yeah, because then Bagwell got pulled onto Luger because there was a ref bump, and then the he Norton wakes the ref up and uh, counts the three, and Bagwell wins. And then Bagwell gets dragged that, out like a dead body. The craziest yeah. part here is they like all go to fight Luger. Uh, fight Luger, all the NWO guys, and then they just fall outside the ring and they just and walk they don't away. come back. They yeah. just leave. That's a theme on the show with the run ends. Yeah. Oh yeah, it happens later. Um, but the best part in this match was when Luger threw Vincent into Buff Bagwell. I kind of popped for that moment. It was when Vincent first ran in. Vincent was the top seller of the night. He baby. was man. This what, this match this. Okay, what'd you give it? I gave it a half star. Okay. Here's what I got. You know those match. I don't even know why I gave it that much. I probably could have even given it a quarter star, and I would have been. You would have been fine. Uh, but I liked the Vincent moment. <laughs> Vincent's awesome. Made me pop. You know those matches where you're just watching it and you just start to think in the back of your mind, why am I doing this? Like, what? What is the point? Right. That was. This was one of those like, matches this, for me. What is the point of of either just watching wrestling in general or the podcast or what? Just all of it. All of it. All of it. All like, of it. It's, I looked out the window and I was like, I should just go outside. Existential. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Just go stand. Go talk to the birds. Go to the park. Existential crisis. I, I'd rather do anything else. So, uh, I'm gonna say a quarter star. I'm gonna go down. Uh, this I, was awful. I gave it a half star. It. It was just nothing. Nothing it was, happened. It was so bad. And but the crowd was hot for it. How were they hot for the show? Because Lex Luger. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they the were going effect. nuts for this match, and I'm just like, man, this sucks. Uh, I gave it a quarter star. Um, how just how did they decide to give these guys near 20 minutes? 
I don't well, know. I mean, I understand that you didn't get Nash and Giants. So you had to make up some time somewhere. Why not give, put Skull Hall in a match? Yeah, I, yes. But yeah. give, give Eddie and Dean a little more time. Give, I mean, put, there were other places where they could have put it. Yeah. Or maybe put fucking Harlem Heat or Rey Mysterio in a match. Or anybody in the crowd. This was so... Break the Hammer Valentine, this, for God's sake. Is Buff Bagwell the most unlikable wrestler? He, I, he's up there, man. He is off. Oh, God, I can't stand yeah, I can't either, but yeah, my, man. My review of this match was, fuck this shit. I said at one point in my notes, I said, I gotta find this. Luke's on the custom uh, spree today. I, I, at one point in my notes, sorry. I actually wrote, I can't fucking handle oh, this now shit. now you're on it too. I'm Dude, sorry, this bro, match it, brings it, it this out. This is a bad pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah, you gotta do what you it gotta brings do. It, it brings it out. Uh, we're marked explicit for a reason. It was bad. It's not a good um, match. Don't watch it. Don't, don't waste the 16 Don't minutes. ever watch this. Do anything game. else for 16 minutes. But listen to our show. Go get, go get a flu shot. You know, it's better than watching <laughs> this match. And it has longer lasting effects. Up next, we have a title match for the, the is this the, tel- the television title? US, US title? US, US title. Kurt Hennig versus DDP. By the way, I do not remember Kurt Hennig ever being in the NWL. But I do. Apparently he, he was. Didn't he turn on the horsemen to go into the NWL? He did. Oh, okay. He did. Okay. After Arn, like had to retire and bestow that upon Dang. him and then he just he just turned his back yeah. Yeah. What and a then like a week or two later too what a jerk bischoff screwed that up um this is another nothing kind of match yeah uh, nothing happened can i ask you quite this is this is off topic a little bit yeah sure does does the nwo theme not get old to any of you bow, bow, bow. No, oh, i love it oh yeah i love the theme does it, do you mean the theme is song it the fact or the that theme you're of wcw it? versus nwo no, just the just song? the fact that you hear it ten yeah, times. Yeah, it, it, it starts and, to get there. And I don't know why, but it dri- the voiceovers drive me nuts. It's not as bad as it is in Sold Out when every single every match single they were match all bow, coming bow, out bow, to bow, 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 bow. It's one of my top five favorite theme songs ever, so it doesn't bother me. That's good. There's just the voiceovers kill me. Um yeah, so they brawl outside for a little while. At one point, they think about going into the crowd. Like, DDP kind of, like, shoves Hennig over the barricade, and then he realizes they're about to get counted out. Did you guys notice this? So he picks him back up and they go back into the ring. It was amazing. Uh, anyways, uh, we get a bunch of nothing. Oh, Hennig did get his nuts crushed in the ring post. Uh, at one point, so there was that. I expected so much more out of this match with two competent workers. I really yes. thought this was going to be a great match. What'd you give it? Uh, we should probably say what happened at the end. Oh, do it. Uh, DDP wins. With a diamond cutter. With a diamond cutter. In 10.52. It was a good diamond like cutter. Cut it was a good diamond cutter. And the, and the crowd exploded. You guys rate this match first. I gave it two stars. Just it, Nothing was like horrible. It Just nothing happened. They just, they just wrestled around and they didn't really do anything important. I hate to say it. Star and three quarters. I really don't want to give a Kurt Hennig DDP match less than two, but this match really didn't do anything for me. I, I gave it two and a quarter. So we're stair step. Nice. Yeah. It just it just didn't seem like, like some of these matches just nothing happened. Yeah. This is a real nothing show. We'll tell the main event. But but DDP over. Over shit. Oh yeah. One oh yeah. This was he was pieces. really yeah. For sure. And he wins the title, which is cool. And and I love me some This Curtin. was his first title win. Was it really? The yeah, announcer said that. That's oh, pretty yeah, exciting. That. That's pretty I, exciting. I do love me some Kurt Hennig. Hey, how'd you feel about him and MJF last week? I thought it was really good. I, I really enjoyed uh, that. I loved uh-huh, uh-huh. I loved MJF stepping off at the last second and letting Wardlow, Wardlow take yeah. over. MJF's just such a good heel. I like I like that DDP basically was like, I'm going to present you this ring, but I don't like you. I don't you. like you and I don't want to do it, but I got to do it. In hindsight, it really makes the DDP, him doing the ring, so smart because you know he's... On he's part of the nightmare family and MJF wins obviously so it just really I don't and know it was just a natural was, smart booking I just want to throw this out there you know I just people were complaining that DDP made Wardlow and MJF look weak because because MJF backed off and then they had to be pulled apart I thought it was smart booking 
Yeah. Because nobody took a shot. No, took the a security shot. is what separated them. Yeah, and I'm sure GDP is going to get beat up by the two of them. You don't eventually. need a physical angle every segment no. every week. Let and, things build. And MJF is the perfect chicken shit. He's just like Hogan yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to get involved. Yeah, that's a good point. Up next. This this ready, is when shit this? gets wild. We got Larry garbage? Zabisco versus Eric Bischoff. Uh, winner gets control of WCW Monday Nitro. And Bret Hart is your referee with Bret Hart's no special strikes. guest referee. He's uh, uh, making his debut, guys. Yeah, that's right. This is WCW debut, by the way. This is this is how he does. This it. is a, a month after the screw job, by the way. If you were wondering, that was in November. We're in the end of December, so about a month and a half removed from the. Montreal screw job, and here comes Bret Hart to a hero's welcome. He was easily the most over part of this match, uh, but he is not dressed to be a referee. I'll tell he's you. He's dressed like, and he's just dressed in like a black t-shirt and jeans. He's dressed like, like Ray Trailer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was actually. They were stealing each other's stuff. Oh, so the whole story of this match is that Bret is enforcing the rules uh, only on Larry Zabisco, though, for some reason, because uh, Eric's allowed to get corner offense, and Bret Hart doesn't care. Uh, seems like also he's, submissions. Yeah, this seems was like not, he's being a hey, little picky with the rules. This was not Bret Hart's debut. Was it not? He debuted on Nitro on December fifteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. I right. thought you guys were wrong, oh, but oh, I wanted to double was check. Was he in it. a match though? Was he in a match? No, he was. He wasn't in a match. That's here. what I'm. He's involved in a match, but he's not wrestling, so it's not his match. This is also his pay-per-view debut. Yeah. Um. But he was in a match. This sucks. This isn't his. This is really debut, pal. This really blows. Leave a voicemail. Tell me what you think. This match blows my mind because it was so fun. It was just out of control. I mean, nothing Eric's, made sense. Eric's being an MMA guy because he's you know a black belt and with a hole in his <sighs> shoe that you can't quite understand until later. Yeah. So the whole match is just Eric's trying to get one over on Larry by getting one square kick to the head to get him down. Uh, Larry's trying to do his thing. Brett's being really over. Uh, over gumptioned with the rules like he's not letting Zabisco get away with anything so you kind of think like was Brett in the pocket of NWO at one point in the match uh, who was out at ringside with him was Scott, it Scott, Scott Hall? Hall and he, he inserts like this so Zabisco like Zabisco plate. gets uh, Zabisco gets Eric in the tree of woe and then Bret Hart's like you can't do that pal and so they have a discussion while that's happening Scott Hall slips like this small metal plate <laughs> It's like, like diamond plate. Yeah, too, you know? into this into his shoe. Like the into the opening in his shoe. Yeah. And then he kicks him with it. The plate goes flying, by the way. Yeah, it, it killed someone. Bret Hart watches it go and he's like, I'm fine with it. And then and then is so he's down. Zabisco's dead. Okay. And then shit just hits the fan. Shit hits the fan, you guys. There's everybody, every member of NWO that had been on the card at this point runs in. Yep. Bret Hart and Zabisco beat them all up and make them leave. And then he hits, he punches Bischoff. And so it's like, well, he's not working with the NWO. And then they just declare Larry Zabisco the winner. Uh, while while, while uh, Bret, Hart has... Hart, yeah. Scott uh, Hall was a sharpshooter. Yeah. Scott Hall was acting like a cartoon character. I know. He was he's, bouncing he's up and that. down. He was like swimming. And and Zabisco wins by... Hmm? By chokehold with a belt? I don't know. He wins. It was 11 minutes and 12 seconds. It was about 10 minutes too long. This should have been a squash. I give it a star. Uh, oh, boy. I gave it 1.25. Uh, when Bischoff tried to kick with that metal plate and it went flying into the crowd. I laughed out I, loud. That was a five-star moment <laughs> on a negative five-star show. Oh, yeah. This sucks. Our boy Kiefer actually messaged me about that early. Did he really? Yeah. That's awesome. like, did you see this? I was like, oh, yeah, it was great. I gave it a quarter star because I absolutely hated it. It was really bad, man. I don't blame it you It was that. hysterical. <laughs> it was. I mean, that's. I got some entertainment out of it at the end of the day. But, but it should have been two minutes at that. Yeah. It, 
not and the finish with like the whole like like what's brett's motivation for doing anything he did on the show at all anything ever especially in the main event did zabisco uh run nitro yeah, I'm so gonna... he ran, he wins, and so There's he gets no to run Nitro rang, now. You know, no. Yeah, he was just like, you win. Race. I'm the ref. You win. There was just nothing. Okay, this was, was bizarre. This was weird. Well, I'm uh, gonna get more weird. And with that said, it's time for the main event. Michael Buffer comes out to do Michael Buffer things. Oh, let's get ready to rumble, and then nice. we get on with the match, which is going to be Hulk Hogan versus Sting for the WWE. Well, Sting's title. got a cool entrance. Sting's but entrance is incredible. They missed one big part. What? He should have propelled from the rafters like he'd been doing for months. I was waiting for it, and it didn't happen. Well, yeah. yeah, they literally had the camera angle up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, then, they had that like sheet, and they're playing the projections. But the, if you look at the arena, I mean, obviously the lights were out. I didn't see a catwalk or anything. So I don't know if the building was equipped for him to do that. I'm sure there was something up there. But it looked kind of like the Tacoma Dome, you know, where it's just like the yeah. dome. So I don't know if that was possible in the venue. But regardless, yeah, he should have came down from the rafters. But his entrance was awesome. And it has a big fight feel to this. Like, it does. It you're, does. You're feeling like you're seeing Khabib McGregor. And the commentators are really selling this. as like this is the biggest moment in the history of professional wrestling. Like big they time. say that multiple times. Sweet. So they really sell it as an important moment for WCW. Uh, this could be the downfall of NWO as we know it. Hogan could finally go down. And to be fair, there was some Hogan fatigue, I think, in this crowd. Uh, yes. This was has been over a year since Sting had wrestled anything. Well, wow. In WCW. I think they wow. said 18 months. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So, so, yeah, the they were... up was just extreme. Yeah, they were excited to see him. He was super over. And, and you're right. They have the Cena-Hogan fatigue yeah. going on a little yeah. bit. Because uh, there's a boring chant. Like, three minutes into the match, like, hello, after everything you've seen, now you're going to start saying that? When they're and the match just started, like give them a. I hate when you start hearing boring chants within like the first five minutes of a big title match. Just let it, let it play out. Just yep. wait. Well, Hogan was doing his heel stuff. stuff yeah. So they, just... yeah, Hogan healed up. They kind of have a big, big man brawl. Sting took a nice bump Sting on a barricade. Flies into the barricade, misses a stinger splash. Which, by the way, he had just uh, uh, like he had just countered an Irish whip and threw Hogan into the fucking uh-huh. uh the railing. barricade. And he and he does like the fr- the Fred Vincent. Yeah, he and, like, like breaks, and then he just like Ugh. yeah into the into the. Um, this is some person's. Uh, they just wrestling. keep fighting outside, and they're just fighting, and then they roll back into the ring. Hogan's in control. He hits the leg drop. He hits it. By the way, Hogan's gassed like five minutes. Yo, into this he's match. tired. I don't know, man. He's got to work. He had to work on that cardio. Sting looks like he might be. Yeah, Sting. Sting wasn't in the best Sting, of shape here. Sting did not look like he was in good shape. No, when you consider what he looked like before, I know. And after, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say he was in awful shape. Just I mean, look like, at some of the other people on the card, yeah. and I think you kind of no definition in his arms and no, no tan. No, yeah. um, that fucking tan. So Hogan <laughs> hits the leg drop. Nick Patrick clean as a whistle. One. Two, no, it's the first two, three. It's, like, it's like one, two, three. three. And so we're like, that's it. Hogan retains. But no. That was a clean Bret Hart comes Bret out. Bret Hart now. physically restrains the timekeeper from ringing the bell. And then he gets on the mic and he's like, I'm not letting this happen again. And everyone in the crowd's like, what? And he's like, it's not going down this way. And everyone in the crowd's like, what are you what? talking about? And then he's like, I'm an official. This match is restarted. And they do it, and then Sting hits. There's no hit, bell rang for the restart no. either. And then Sting hits a couple uh, splashes, and then the Scorpion Deathlock, and Hogan quits, and Sting wins the title in twelve fifty three. And it really makes Bret Hart kind of look like a cockhead because he kind of fucked Hogan out of the title. <laughs> I, I, first of all, who gives Bret Hart permission to restart yeah, who, matches? Since when is Bret Hart? An, 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 is that his role now in WCW? Is he just an official? I know he was a referee a lot in WCW. He's just Mister Justice. Come on. And the fact that Nick Patrick didn't even do a he fast count. He didn't even count. fast count. It he, was a he, normal he, count. FNP, bro. 
Fuck Nick Patrick. He indeed. screwed um, it up. He, this was so botched. What'd you give it? Oh, man, I don't know. What do you give it? I gave it one and a half. I'm gonna say one. Same. I'm gonna say one and a half. Yeah, I'm uh, say I actually kind of liked the beginning of the match. It was telling an interesting story. The brawl tell- outside was okay, and then it fell apart. Right when it should have started picking up, it went the other way. So, if you would have just had the match, you take the leg drop out. Say he goes for a leg drop, Scorpion Death Drop, Scorpion Death Lock, clean finish for Sting. I don't care how bad anything else is. You're almost in three star territory. Yes. Because just because of the moment, you get to the moment. Because that match wasn't bad. No, they were but, they were building to something. Do you guys remember when, if you're football fans, when Deshaun Watson caught or Deshaun Jackson caught a touchdown, and right as he got dropped it at the half yard line, dropped it, threw it behind him to celebrate at the half yard line, and it was a fumble. That's what WCW that did. Match. That they That's threw perfect. the ball behind them when That's Hogan perfect. hit the leg drop. Hogan's my favorite wrestler of all time. Of any time, and I am a Hogan apologist. But they butchered this. Yes, they did. It could have been worse, though. It could have definitely been worse. Hogan could have just retained. He could have gotten disqualified for using a sledgehammer in a match that had no rules. That's oh, true. And that after did. somebody else used a sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah, and that well, dude, big hammer, bad, small hammer. Or no, big hammer, good, small hammer, bad. Dude, it, <sighs> what a way for the show. I mean, it is. A, I did love the ending. It is a moment at the end of the show when because everybody, the, the whole WCW yep. roster comes in. They, they Sting really feels like a hero, but it's so tainted. But instead of being fully erect, everyone in the audience just has a quarter chub, and it doesn't matter. It's so weird. I mean, even okay, okay, even if Nick Patrick fast counted like he was supposed to, even then, like there's still so many questions and so many holes in that in what played out that it still wouldn't have saved it. So here's here's another idea. Why didn't somebody like say Scott Hall? And Vincent again, they run down into the match, they interfere, Hart runs down, helps Sting beat these guys up, the ref bump, and then Hart's the one that counts the one, two, three or something. Yeah. But you don't need Hogan hitting the leg drop and winning. Here's, no. here's I something we haven't mentioned yet. I had a problem with Hogan having too much offense. For being a, such a buildup and him running away scared from Sting. Yeah, he only no-sold one a, thing. For a year. I he mean, no sold that suplex that Sting one, did, and other than that, Hogan kind of dominated the match. Yeah. He did. He absolutely did. And Sting looked weak. Yeah, like Sting was like that's not up. how you book your big no they, dark they, hero. They coming just back. botched this whole thing. It was bad, uh, and that is how we go off the air uh, with just a big wet fart. So are we all in agreement? It's an F show. I'm saying D minus. I give it a D minus wow. because I did give two matches three stars. So I feel wow. like on that baseline alone, I ha- I can't give it an. F. We've watched New Blood Rising, and this is a D minus. <laughs> Uh, I gave that one like an F minus minus. So <laughs> you I, this did. This is giving like did. an F plus. Okay. So I guess we're all there. Um, so go ahead. Oh, I was uh, gonna before before you do the whole question. I just want to say, and like for this show, uh, do you guys remember in the very beginning when Dusty Rhodes brought up a theme of destiny? Do you remember he said that yeah. like a million yeah. times? Destiny, destiny. Yeah. It's kind of ironic to me because uh, this show signified like WCW's <laughs> most successful show in history, right? Highest uh-huh. grossing, all that stuff. But it simultaneously signified their ultimate destiny, which was failure. Yeah, I mean, like, you're not wrong. Where, this is it. Just went. This down. was this is a lot of people consider to be the beginning of the downfall. Yeah, I mean, so much hype, such a great yeah. lead up, and then they just. I mean, and there's a, there, there there's still things to compliment them on. The commentary team, for the most part, was excellent. Production value. Uh, production value. The presentation. It was so like this is '97, so WWF is kind of starting to adapt to the times a they're little not, bit. They're starting to get away from a cartoon, but they're still a little cartoony. Whereas right. this this was an entire this was a this. Was was the AEW to WWE. Yes. So there are things to compliment it for, but when it came time for the bell to ring, 
it falls apart. And that's that's always been WCW's shortcomings. Is so finishes in particular. I'm glad you just said something because that's leading to oh, where we're okay. going. What are we doing? So Ooh. I listened to 83 Weeks this week, and Eric Bischoff was kind of talking about um, that how he wants AEW to not be WCW light. And I'm seeing that comparison thrown around on the internet a lot. Um, we're seeing like Bash at the Beach being used. We're seeing uh, other old WCW trademarks being used um, or being bought. And so how does w- or AEW stay away from WCW territory unlike Impact, unlike TNA? Because Impact's kind of doing its own thing now. But TNA went right into WCW territory with bad booking, bad hires, bad creative. Other than not signing Vince Russo and old men, how can AEW stay the course and be a good alternative to WWE? Um, That's a really good question. I think, so first off, I think that a lot of the WCW things that Cody and the gang are kind of introducing into AEW, uh, I think at this point it's just to get a familiar anything right. onto their marketing plan. Uh, as far as how they're going to separate themselves from just being the WCW of this era, I think it's all about their in-ring product, which is so already so much better than WCW ever was. So Incredibly. I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. Let's go back to TNA. Early TNA. Uh-huh. People were saying the same thing. AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, America's Most Wanted. This wrestling's the best wrestling we've seen in a long time. And look what happened. So how do you keep these matches well, without, I think, I think that's without a little burning bit, out your stars? I think stars. that's a little bit apples to oranges because yes. TNA, as great as the product was, and it was great, they didn't have the backing of a Turner. They that's didn't, true. They didn't have the booking committee that or was... Or a con. Yeah, they didn't have the cons to yeah, help okay. them. So I think money well, is also, a big part of it and eyes. I mean, Also, they had a billionaire princess who had no idea what she was doing. Yeah. And I think another thing... So you look. I that's not what I was pointing at. Match quality and early impact was fantastic. Yes. Yeah, but there's nobody there to watch it. Right. So they eventually had to say, well, but, let's bring in the Hulk Hogan's. Let's bring in the but Eric Bischoff's. how do you keep... Because audience went down big time. I mean, they've been falling every week. And, like, I know people don't want to look at it right. like that, but I mean, they've been losing them. And people in the crowd has been going down. Yeah. I mean, it's fluctuated. Yeah. And they're going to have 100,000 people for their first year which is a big milestone to achieve in your first year. Oh, for sure. Which that's probably something that TNA and WCW didn't see until yeah. years later. TNA probably still has never got 100,000 people. but No, I don't think so. But um, how do they keep this up without going into the bag of tricks? I think that they need to not be reactionary. I, that, they need to stay the course. The, reactionary they not change their the plans. Big thing. Because it's easy to say, oh my God, our ratings are falling. Let's sign... A legend, any legend. I don't care who it is, and it's not like they don't have legends because they have Billy Gunn, they have DDP, right? Which and they need to only use them on special occasions. Yeah. Um, I think so. Let's let's look take a look at this week, for example. AEW did what six hundred thousand ratings. Yeah, that's probably the best TNA did ever. You know, so it's so hard to compare them because as long as they can stay above five hundred K, they're going to be fine. They have a multi year deal with TNT. I think just don't get reactionary. Stay the course. Three months from now, if the ratings are still falling, it might be time to think about something. But I think they have to keep a level head for now I and just, just stay the course. I just think that there's so many compare. If you want to, you know, compare it to WCW, especially booking wise and management wise, 
I think there's so many um, more experienced and calmer heads. So the so like Tony Khan, huge wrestling fan. He's been he's seen it all. Um, they're not at the mercy of Turner like WCW was. Like I know that they have Turner, but it's what, a different landscape. But in a way, they are at the mercy of Turner. But they're because not if Turner wants them to do something, they have to do it. Right. Well, we haven't seen that yet. And yet, yet. I feel like I feel like Turner, I mean, they You've had 7 weeks of not doing it yet. Right, but Turner screwed it all up once. You know what I mean? Like they Well, they, like realistically, how many of the Turner Time Warner execs are even there? Oh, anymore? I'm sure it's a whole different group of people. And and back with WCW, the Turner execs that were making the calls didn't even like wrestling. It was yeah. like they they hated on it. Yeah. Um, but I think from a booking perspective, yes, there are wrestlers that book it, but they've been so selfless with how they've done things. That's a big time thing right yeah. there. Um, that, that egos, at least right now, what I see, I don't see that getting in the way. I see egos being checked at the door, which is huge for and, a wrestling well, and Especially for the big f- like big five. Yeah, if we're talking yeah. the elite, especially. Yeah, the the big five, I'm talking Jericho, uh, Cody, Kenny, and the Bucks. And if you want to talk about reactionary, I think that those are some of the best long-term storytelling guys out there, period. So I... I just I think I think that they've got it together, man. It feels like it. I mean, I still but again, and I'm playing devil's advocate right, here because I, right, you yeah. like I want a I if it was up to me, AEW would be winning the ratings every week. Uh, it's the promotion I like. I watch it every week. Yep, me too. Uh, I have I've been buying the T-shirts, you know. But I got to play devil's advocate here because we've only been seven weeks in, and um, I keep using these comparisons, right? I keep using the TNA comparison. But at one point, they had Kurt Angle, they had Sting, they had Christian, they had Samoa Joe. They had some of the best workers in the world. But then, Earthquake, WWE just keeps killing them. What happens if AEW loses two months? Are they going to start just throwing shit against the wall or are they going to stay the course? I hope they stay the course. And I think another thing, too, to remember is that I think now people are a lot hungrier for wrestling than they were in that Absolutely. mid-2000s when you had seen WCW oh, and ECW run its course. And I think people are more patient now. Um, I mean, yeah, you're seeing the ratings decline week by week to right. the point where it's starting to become a concern. Uh, I mean, the holidays can skew that too. So and, it's and, hard to say. And Well, ratings are skewed in general. And they're still winning the demographic. They I haven't lost their key demo yet. I don't want to be that guy. And I want to see how this week works out. But the night before Thanksgiving, in every town, everybody's going bar crawling. Everyone is going out. No one's watching TV. It's the biggest social night of the year. Yeah. So how did that affect both, though? Yeah. Because NXT coming off a very strong pay-per-view, which Full Gear, the show coming off Full Gear, dominated, right? Yeah. So that plus the social night, we'll see how that all works out. The other thing I'm worried about, injuries. We haven't seen injuries yet. But we're seeing them take risks massive every bumps, week. Massive yeah. bumps. Every single week. And I know these guys are stronger than... and I know they're built better than... Work safer. Work safer, yes. But when is that going to catch up? Because we saw Cody already kind of get an injury, the the eye that took him out for a couple weeks. And uh, Pentagon, right? Chris, was- Christopher Daniels got injured. Daniels, right. Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus, yep. So, and it, it was Phoenix that Phoenix was the one got- that people were worried about, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, is this going to catch up to him? 
It will. Ev- I mean, yeah, it will eventually. But by then, hopefully, they have a deep enough roster that if right. if a key player goes down, if Honestly, and when. even right now, their roster's deep enough to slide a few into certain areas. Yeah. I think, too, they're not working as much as WWE guys are, regardless of the style. You know, like if you're working four times a week in WWE versus twice a week, maybe you have an AEW show and then you have an indie booking. Right. If you're a Phoenix, you know, it's going to be easier on your body, even if you work that stiffer style, if that makes sense. I also I mean, you also say that a business like just generically speaking. Uh, a business, you don't know if it's going to be successful or not until you're two years in. Okay. And I think that with it being on TNT especially, the channel flippers, I mean, it's just going to start turning more heads and people are going to get, It's the word of mouth is going to happen. You're going to be more familiar with the characters and really get into it. Yeah. Because, I mean, WCW didn't just, I mean, obviously they had to bring the outsiders in. Yeah. And they didn't still, even, like, they didn't even. Think about someone like Bill Goldberg. That took a while. Yeah. Well, like, even WCW, I think TNA is the more apt comparison for this topic because tna did start from the ground up right whereas wcw kind of was nwa and kind of was crockett promotion well tna was also kind of nwa yeah too. true true but yep. whereas you know and they had time they had wcw saturday night and like th- they're they didn't jump into cable right I away think, i think the tna comparison is pretty good because who started tna jeff jarrett a wrestler yep a wrestler whose dad was a yeah, wrestler. that's a good point. Was a booker. That's promoter, a good point. Yeah. So that's a good yeah. point. Who had and say what you want about Jeff Jarrett, but when he started that, he had a very smart mentality. Oh yeah, and Dick, Panda Energy, Dick Dixie Carter. She may not know shit, but she was the backing. Yeah. she wasn't the con backing, right. but she was a lot of yeah. money. Her family yeah. was a lot of money. So there's a lot of comparisons here, and there's a fork in the road coming up. How are they going to be in a year? How are they going to be in two years? How are they going to be in three years? WWE, you know what they're going to do. They're Disney. They're Walmart. Yeah, they're just going to keep they're staying the course. Yeah. Yes, they're they the are. NBA. They're just going to be there. No you, matter what's no, what's your guys's like, how long are you going to give it? And this is strictly ratings wise. This has nothing to do with the product. How long are you guys going to wait with this ratings before you kind of like the red flag starts to go up? Like, is it a month, two months, three months, a year? Like, uh, how long do you give it before you start to really like I think th- something's I th- wrong? I think for both NXT and AEW, yeah. you got to give it at least a year of competing with so. each other. Yeah. I, think, I think, like so. Luke said, you, two years is when you know a business is going to be good. On the flip side, you might not want to wait that those two years in the wrestling world because you already have your established clientele for the most yeah. part. So how are you going to go to get new ones? Yeah, they got they got to attract great so far of like making fans and yeah. keeping fans. So yeah, they just got to bring in. I think. I mean, obviously, if you look at the ratings, they're killing it with the 18 to 49, which is the key demographic for wrestling. For wrestling, yeah. But they're having trouble with the kids, which, I mean, maybe it's not for kids, and that's fine. But they're really having trouble with the seniors. One There's thing, not a lot for kids to cling to. No, besides Darby. Yeah. And even then, it's like Darby and the kid, Bucks. Like 13-year-olds. And you the know? Bucks. Yeah. Kids like the Bucks There's no John cool. Cena. There's no... No, no. So, no. one more thing I want to bring up on this. I guess Cody. White meat. Say. Yeah, he's still not white meat, though, to me. To me. To me. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, man, I, thought I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. I had something Yeah, I had something good, but I forgot what it was, so whatever. Damn must it. not have been that good. Yeah, must not have been. I don't so know. do you guys think, okay, if you're a betting man. Oh, I remember what it oh, is. Oh, yeah. There's, sur- like, one thing wrestling has been based upon, right? Surprise. Like, surprises, surprises, surprises. They're everywhere. Swerve. When is, like... I feel like everyone's waiting for that big surprise, and we're never getting it. We're never. We haven't got our CM Punk. No. I'm sure Marty Scroll will be. That's the big, big one, one, right? But like, 
I don't know. Does does it, do these not seem flat to you? Do you seem like they take the air out of the sails? Like well, so far, Jake Hager. Yeah, Hager was an okay one. I mean, Moxley was the big one, right? Right, Moxley was the big one. But they really haven't had one since then. Nobody knew who the Dark Order was, and they were a surprise debut. Uh, Jake Hager was like, okay, Jack Swagger's in AW. Like people were excited. Uh, you know, I mean, the Butcher and the Blade was a big like nobody knows who they are. So it's it's interesting because I mean. Yeah, I think they're due for a surprise, and I think it is going to be Squirrel. And is that enough to really move I, the needle? I don't think so, but I don't think it's necessarily... I know we talked about... I mean, we've been talking about this TNA comparison. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, dude, to pick up one... Like, one of those WWE headliners, one of those... Not, maybe not headliner, one of those big names, they're coming to AEW, man. Yeah, they. I mean, There's and they will. There's people who are just yeah. aren't getting People TV are going time. to jump ship. And I think we've already seen them do better. Part of the thing, too, is just it's patience, right? Because right, right now, who's out there besides a Marty Squirrel that you could they bring in them all up. that would move the needle at all? They picked them all There's up. There's nobody. No. So you have to wait until, and Unless I'm just going to throw a new Japan guy, but that's still not going to be a mainstream yeah. American exposure. It's going to take a couple of those big WWE stars to leave the company, a Rusev, AJ, an AJ. Yeah. To leave the company and show up on Dynamite one week, and that's we haven't seen that either way yet. You could Owens, still see man. some. You could see somebody leave AEW and show up back up in WWE. I need Kevin Owens. Need Kevin Owens is the one that I would do anything for. Unfortunately, oh he just resigned, so it's yeah. gonna be at least three more years. So maybe one of these shows we need to take a look at everyone's contracts and kind of uh, that would be good. Fan, like because you know. I think that is gonna be that's gonna be the moment, right? When it's it's the Lex Luger at the Mall of America moment. You know, yeah. What I think that's gonna be. A really big moment. If, and when they yeah. get that big marquee WWE star to jump ship. And it'll happen. It it's will. going, it's to, going happen. to happen. There's so, too many people in WWE. Who do you think is the first big one to jump on both sides? I mean, I don't know what contracts are looking like, so it's hard to say. Uh, I think Rusev is just waiting. Okay. But there's also rumors that he's resigning. So, Do you see anybody jumping from AEW in the near future? Possibly. For sure. I mean, I know I said possibly for sure, but um, possibly. So do you think two years from now, Chris Jericho goes back, does a swan song, and yeah, probably says goodbye? I think he probably does one more like six-month run. Once he does what he can. Yeah, once he does yeah. everything he can to build AEW. So I, th- I think that was a that was my discussion for today. I think good. I think after watching, very good. After watching this WCW show, and I, I went back and watched some TNA stuff, and I've watched AEW stuff, and I've just kind of compared in my head all these three different promotions, right? Along with the WWE, but the WWE is the the gold standard, right? Yeah. So, I I see a lot of similarities, WCW, TNA, and AEW, and I see that WCW kept going on the same track that it needed to go on for a while, and then it it kind of actually got on, started off on the wrong track, got on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. When TNA they started off on the right track and they got hot, kind of fell off, got back on, and then they just went way yeah. way to way to the got west derailed yeah. yeah they they went the wrong way they got lost six times and they're still trying to dig themselves out of the yeah. hole and they they're having such good shows now and people aren't watching yeah because the the stigma's still there which is a different thing but can aew just keep it going and i want you guys listening to give me your yeah opinion. let us know i'll ask you guys tomorrow on twitter and see if you guys respond yeah. and what you think needs to be done and who needs to come in, who needs to go out, what needs to be changed. Here's the, here's the big here's the question that I'll leave this on for you guys. So, real quick, I was just yeah. telling Zach uh, that we need to take a look at contracts. at contracts. I think we should look at contracts and soon. Yeah. We, I, think, I think we could make an informed decision. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
So let, let's put a button on this and let's say in fi- five years from tonight, if we're still doing this podcast to, in Kyle's sports room for our 40 streamers a week to 50, uh, are we still talking about AEW as a thing? What is it? What does AEW look like if it's even around five years from now? Yep. What do you guys think? I think it'll still be around. Do you think it's going to be as relevant? Do you think they're still going to be going to arenas? Yes. I think I think they'll stay the course. And I think they'll get to where they need to be. They'll never overtake WWE as a whole. Nope. They'll, they'll never get to Too the, late for that now. They'll never get to the levels that WWE and WCW got to in the mid-90s. No. And you know what? I mean, 90s, I guess. look at... Look at I mean, the best comparison I can possibly think is you said the Disney one, which I liked. So yeah. Disney is the titan of animated motion pictures, right? And no matter what studio has ever come up to them, and let's use DreamWorks. In this, in this, in this analogy, Disney is WWE and DreamWorks is AEW, right? No matter how good DreamWorks gets, they can never quite jump over their competitors. Yeah, and I mean, even even in the cartoon sense. Yeah, Disney's here. Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network. Yeah. they're and they can, to get there. they can quite never get there. quite get there. And Disney does. Disney does the little things right. Yeah, they go pick up Marvel movies. Yeah, they go pick up Star Wars movies. They're going to get Just the buy Simps- property after. They're property. going yep. to get the Simpsons for Disney Plus. Yeah, like and believe it or not, those are three of the biggest. Yeah, fictional lands in the world. And you know what? If 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 AEW is going to be the DreamWorks, if they're going to be the Cartoon Network, I'm perfectly that's fine okay. with that. That's yeah, fine that's with me. Okay, it's still great. So should um, we get to our calls? Oh, God. do you have any thoughts, yeah. Luke? Before we get to the calls, well, if if they were at, not overtaking necessarily, but even coming close, would require such an epic meltdown, like such an epic meltdown that WWE would have to screw up badly enough to lose spot, like lose sponsors yeah. out the ass, yeah, like have to do something really, really, really bad, and then they'd have to screw up their booking on a right. weekly basis. Like, I mean, they're already kind really, of doing all really that anyways, bad. and it still doesn't matter. Yeah, but their sponsorships know? are yep. That's where it is. Well, that was a fun discussion. We're going to have to look at contracts and see, make some predictions soon for who's going to be jumping. Uh, Let's get to calls. We have several of them, several repeat offenders this week. First off, we're going to start with Kiefer. He wants to make one more Final Fantasy uh, VII follow-up here. This is becoming the Final Fantasy VII podcast, which I'm fine with. Uh, Let's see what Kiefer has to say, and we'll go on from there. All right, guys. Uh, I'm listening to your episode now. It just dropped this morning or this afternoon. Thanks, buddy. I heard your funny story about Final Fantasy VII, and I have one to top it. Oh. Back when the glorious PlayStation 2 was out, and you could still need play one of PlayStation those. 1 games on it, that mf would run and run and run. You could leave it on all damn day, and it would not run out. Mm-hmm. I did not have a memory card for my Final Fantasy game, so I just let that bitch run, turned it off the TV when I didn't want to play it, and turned it back on when I did. I had an ex-girlfriend who stayed over my house one night. Oh, no. Saw the light was on and kept hearing the motor running. I said, don't turn it off. You'll reset the whole game. I was on fucking disc three. And that motherfucker shut it off. Needless to say, she's an ex-girlfriend now. (laughs) (laughs) Man, so that was it, huh? I love that. Thank you for that. Hey, if you still have your PlayStation 2, send it to me so I can play Simpsons Hit and Run. I have a PlayStation 2. Yeah, so do I. Oh, you know what's really you know what's funny Uh-oh. is I Uh-oh. bother you all the time about getting a PlayStation Two, and you'd ever just like oh. I've told you I've had one before. Oh god, I have the slim model. Okay, can we go this weekend and get Simpsons Hit and Run? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, up next, we're gonna have uh, Savo again. Try and hopefully have a, a, a call. We can we can discuss. I hope today. Save us, time. baby. 
What's up, big boys? I can this hear you. This is Sabo the Savior here. Uh, I tried calling in last week for the uh, Survivor Series, but I guess it didn't go through. But what I was saying was that uh, you had that Adam Cole and uh, Pete Dunne match, which, you know, they each had like 15 finishers and they were still kicking out. Then you had the Survivor Series match where they're getting pinned by a single DDT or, you know, something stupid like that. So that kind of ruined it for me. Um, A punch. It's just the NXT guys always are made to seem like they're invincible. And I don't know. They just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, As far as this this week in uh, wrestling, NWA power was horrible. Um, They had like one match. The rest was all interviews and um, just getting caught up on crap. Yeah, uh, it's their go home show too. That was it. Cut off. Uh, so on your not another one from him. Nope. On your NXT point uh, versus the I mean Survivor Series is always kind of hard for that. Uh, and when you add that NXT does work a, a lot more of a dramatic style, you know it does tend to kind of take you out of the Survivor Series matches when you do have to get especially with three teams, when you do have to get 14 pinfalls yeah, in you, 30 you minutes. Yeah, you have to go fast. Yeah. Uh, so, it, you know, it's definitely a, a good point. I it's, think another thing is Survivor Series traditionally, guys are eliminated very easy. Yeah. And it's always something that's kind of just been there. But and I it's totally, when you really think about it, I mean, it's kind of goofy. I totally understand the double Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it, for sure. Uh, but I don't think but they're going to change But wrestling logic it. is precisely that. We'll uh, never yeah, and Power, uh, apparently, I don't know if they forgot to shoot enough episodes, but this is the go-home show for their pay-per-view. And uh, yeah, they kind of just mailed it in this week. Yeah. So not a good look for them. It's been but. a rough couple weeks for Power. It has, it has. Hopefully they can keep it going. Uh, and Kiefer made us a song. And really? he has he has a question, too. Kyle wants me to turn it up a little bit. No way. Oh. Oh. Hey, how you doing, buddy? Let me whisper in your ear. That's your song. What did you might like to hear? Got some sexy ass voices in your ass posted. Wait for the app to get posted. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Oh, man, that was fun. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed that. That's and great. Uh, I was just calling in again. You know, the boy, Keith calling in to see who do you guys think will be the first performer to jump from AEW to WWE. I have a feeling it will be probably Britt Baker um, just because she's, you know, fiance to Adam Cole and probably wants to work with her husband eventually. But uh, let's see what you guys think. I could see that. I could totally see that. First of all, first of all. Hell yeah. <laughs> on the song. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was great. Awesome. Our callers are they just keep getting better used, and better. Used our slogans. I know. It whispered all creepy just the way I like it. <laughs> it was the the Ying Yang twin song. Yeah. Yeah. Um I still I go, can totally see Brit. It's either Britt Baker or Chris Jericho to me. Yeah. I think those are the two obvious ones. But I still I still don't think Jericho will jump for a couple of years. I can so see no. Darby jumping eventually. I don't. I can't really? see. Really? You think doing he's gonna it. be a lifer? But I, I I like where your head's at, Zach, because to me that makes it that makes it seem like it's uh, money related. Yeah. So someone that doesn't have a fat contract that's going to write, get their star built up 
that will not be able to uh, refuse that fat WWE yeah. contract. So we'll see. To me, that's who it would be. That's funny. Kind of tied into what we were uh, talking about. Good Did, job. Didn't you do that on purpose? Uh, up next, we have a, a three-parter. That's right. A three-parter oh from the real DZ of professional wrestling. Let me get my notepad. So let's uh, yeah, get out your your get out your study materials because this is gonna be a this is gonna be a big one here. Let's see what Dakota has to say. Hey. Boys and body slams. This is once again your pal. Say, Say it with me. The, the real DZ of professional wrestling. wrestling. And this time I have a three minute warning for you. Nice. Part one I wanted to comment on the Moral Ronaldo Corey Graves situation. There is no commentator in the WWE I respect more than Mr. Mamma Mia himself. But in the same vein, I just don't think the man has thick enough skin to be in the business. I appreciate the wondrous wordsmith that he is, but I don't know that he should be in the WWE any longer. Part 2. Hey, big boys, this is once again the real DZ of professional wrestling back with part two of my three-minute warning for you. And this was just a complimentary nod to Kyle's take on the women's war games booking. Suck it. I completely agree, (laughs) sir. I don't think it's a good look for your heel champs to lose. I understand the buildup of Miss Ripley, but in a handicapped situation, I think she still looks really strong going down valiantly. But that's just my take. And part three. Part three. This is part three of DZ's three-minute warning for you. Fantasy Book Warfare. Let's begin with The Undertaker's retirement. I may be in the minority on this one, but I think the dead man needs to be laid to rest where it all began 30 years later at Survivor Series with either Aleister Black, Drew McIntyre, or the Celtic warrior Sheamus. Part 2 of Fantasy Book Warfare. Kofi Kingston and the Royal Rumble. The man deserves one Royal Rumble win before he retires I think it's best suited if he's teased with it, possibly a final four, final two finish before he climbs the mountaintop next year. What are your thoughts on Fantasy Book Warfare, big boys? Real quick on that Royal Rumble discussion. Did Shelton Benjamin ever win a Money in the Bank? Nope. Okay. To me, that is precise. Shelton Benjamin is to Money in the Bank as Kofi Kingston is to the Royal Rumble. I like it. Yeah. So they're they're big highlights spots of it and they always get like the probably the most entertaining spot. Um but they don't they, he doesn't need to win. If that. if he is going to be a main eventer going forward, that's a good way to cement him is that if that's your plans. I wouldn't give one to him just to give it to him though. Uh if you actually have long-term plans with him, sure. Uh but I definitely like the idea of him going to a couple final fours maybe. I'm going to go down the list here. Yep. One, Mauro Ronello. He should absolutely be in WWE. I think he ha- needs that thicker skin, but also the other people need to quit messing with him because they know they know they know he has they anxiety, know he has issues. anxiety yes. issues. So why keep doing it? Stop being pricks. Like I understand he needs that thicker skin, but you know what? Corey Graves could 
easily not said what Lars, he said. Lars Sullivan has anxiety issues. You going to talk shit to him, Corey? You going to talk shit to Lars Sullivan? I thought not. You know what? That WWE has such a good learning moment that they could use this as they could do a killer like day in the life of Morrow special oh, yeah. for the network and explain you know what he's dealing with how it affects him every day kind of like the documentary that was made about him but the WWE's version it doesn't seem like they're embracing it enough no um, second of all thank you for telling me I'm right because I usually am he was um, right third I do not want to see Sheamus versus Undertaker ever. Bro, you had me. You had you had me with Drew, Drew McIntyre. Give me Drew Undertaker Survivor Series. Alistair, Skip the thirty Alistair, year anniversary. Yeah, hell. I like Cesaro. the idea. As much as Undertaker is Mister WrestleMania, I kind of like the idea of him going out where he started. I like that too, but Survivor I think it, I think it needs to be WrestleMania, and I think it will be. I I really hate the idea of Sheamus, man. I I love Sheamus. I'm glad he's back, but uh no. Not, I it's got to be someone going up, not listen, coming down. Yeah, you cannot have two broken guys in a singles match. I'm still sticking with Alistair uh, at Mania. I'm still going Adam Cole, but... Bebe. Bebe. I'm still going Keith Lee, because that was my prediction. Also, hey, Bobby Fish, that was really nice of you, what you did for that homeless yeah, guy. Yeah, helping out a homeless guy outside of a Target. What a sick. guy. He like, got, nice. bought, bought the whole family sandwiches yeah. and shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And that is undisputed. Uh, up <laughs> next, we have <laughs> another a two-parter. You guys got to settle down with these multi-part questions. Damn. Uh, this one's Keegan. Uh, I think these might be two separate questions because the first one's pretty short, so we'll see how it goes. Big boys and body slams, it's Keegan. Uh, I have a question for you guys regarding WrestleMania 36. Uh, there's a lot of rumors of what the potential main event could be all the way from Roman Reigns to The Fiend all the way to Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch, which I wouldn't mind either of them two being in the main event. But the only thing is I want to know your opinion on WrestleMania 36, how you think the card's going to turn out and what you would make the main event. Which match would you make the main event of WrestleMania 36? Thank you, Keegan. Before we do the second part, the main event, its you already got it. CM Punk versus Seth Rollins. Yeah, if they yeah, pull the trigger on the, on the feud. It, the, the thing is, it's so hard to look into that crystal ball because the WWE doesn't even know what they're doing tomorrow, let alone several, so right, several months from now. You're so it, right. it sounds like they want to do Brock versus Kane or Brock versus Tyson Fury. Yeah. So that's going to be on the card somewhere. And then you're going to have... <laughs> I, I think the best way to do The Fiend is you have him beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, that could definitely that's be, the gonna main be a event. good match. Yeah, that could be it. Uh, Seth versus CM Punk should be your main event, though. I agree. Uh, I agree. I hope. Yeah. I hope. If, I hope not, Kevin, if, if not, I think The Fiend and, and Seth would be a. Or The Fiend and uh, Roman would be a good choice, though. If you're going to bring Ronda into things, um, if we're gonna if we want to talk about that. She better come soon if the, she's well, going to yes, get built up yes, for a main but, event. But Shane is going to be in there. Too. Oh, yeah. Shane yeah. is going to be in there. Yeah. I could see it. Shayna could debut at the end of WrestleMania, attacking like Ronda and Becky. You think and they hold off that long to have her debut on the main roster? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, she'll be in the Rumble. It's though. fun to think about, but again, it's so hard to to put yourself in that position because the company themselves don't know what they're doing. You know? Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. And another one Part from two. Keegan. Big boys and body slams. Hey, it's Keegan again. Uh, since <laughs> I asked you guys previous what you want. The main event of WrestleMania 36 to be. I want. I ought to ask you another question because since the year of 2019 is ending and it's a new decade in 2020, and this was a great decade nonetheless. I have two questions for you guys. One, what was the best match of 2019? Whether it was in New Japan, AEW, WWE, NXT, don't matter. Which 
match was your favorite and you thought was the absolute best from any perspective of wrestling. And my second question is, what is your favorite match of this decade from 2010 to 2019? That's a good one. Let me know. I'm curious to know all your answers. I can't remember what I ate yesterday. (laughs) Uh, For this year, my favorite match for this year is either Cody and Dustin or uh, Amazing Red and Will Ospreay. You're biased though because you got yeah, to see it live. And for the Asshole. past the past ten years, I think I have to go Punk Cena. That's a great one. Yeah, Punk Cena was really good. Cody Dustin though, man, that might even be my all decade oh, list. God. I really loved that match. It it was really. It's good. hard because I haven't seen a lot of like the New Japan stuff. You yeah, know, I've seen yeah. bits and pieces. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, what am I thinking? Omega, uh, the two three out of three falls. Omega and Okada was really really good too. So that's up there for me as well. There there was a lot of good wrestling. In the past. Uh, there's yeah. some NXT matches in there too. Oh yeah, oh, like that Gargano Champa. Oh yeah, Gargano Champa, Almas and Gargano was really oh, good. The, that ladder match. The the Takeover New Orleans one. Yeah yeah yep. yeah. There's oh. a lot of good a lot of good options out there. I'm going for this year, Cody Dustin. For the decade, I'm going to give you a final answer. I'm going to go Okada Omega, the two out of three falls. So I'm going to go with Cody Dustin and then Punk Cena. I love it. <sighs> Luke, uh, Luke's up to you. Yeah, uh, Cody Dustin for sure. Oh, we're all um, in greens. That's, that's, oh, that's, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Dude. Yeah, we were all like cream. Gushing, yeah. Um, cream City, baby. Man, I mean, Cody Dustin made me fucking cry. So There you go. Got to go with that. All there right. you go. Wait, 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 wait. Well, yeah, all right, I'll do that. All right. Wait, was was Michaels an Undertaker in this? That's what I was thinking. I don't That's think what was... it was this decade. I could be wrong. Are you sure? Tri- Triple H Undertaker might have been. I don't remember. I could be wrong. Could That's, be wrong. A, That's a tough one. That's one we might want to get to on Lesner, our January 1st episode. Yeah. Lesnar, Lesnar Taker was 2014? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe so, it was this so decade. The, at least the second one should have been, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, Cause Cause I, that's up maybe, there. Yeah. Because WrestleMania 30 was 2014. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes, so yeah, definitely. Cool. Uh, we will do a couple from Jake here. Another two-parter. Well, one, it's one and one. Okay. So, okay. so two separate things. Yeah, do the All first right. One let's see what Jake Jonas has to say this week. Our sugar daddy himself. Hey, fellas. It's your boy, Jake Jonas, here. And I have a little bit of a tough question this week. Ooh. So Sounds I'm somber. sure you guys and all your listeners are familiar with Jim Cornette and the ugliness and hatred we've seen him spew over the last six months to a year, maybe more. And I was wondering how you fellas would explain to a new fan about who Jim Cornette is and what do you fellas think is the best way to tell a new fan on how to handle Jim Cornette and his cult of followers. Um, Because as you know, sometimes uh, that crowd can get very, very ugly. (laughs) So uh, I'd like to hear your opinion. Thanks, and as always, I love the show. You guys rock. Have a good one. You rock, man. Good um, question. Jim Cornette is the closest thing to a modern-day carny that you're going to see. <laughs> but but he is legendary in that, as far as from an old-school perspective, he's one of the best managers of all time, and he's one of the best old-school wrestling minds of all time. Oh, yeah. However, that mind never left. Nope. That mind never left. Never progressed. And th- that not only are we learning that it never left um, that period of, of wrestling thought. Of society. It, it never left that society or that generation yeah. of thought. I think that's really good. I think I would explain to a new fan. I would say he was a very influential booker and wrestling mind, like you said. Uh, but to now, he he's stuck in the past. He's doing anything he can to stay relevant and just ignore him. 
I think that you could say he started off the hero in wrestling yeah. and quickly became the villain. They say yeah. if you live too long, you go from the hero to the villain. That's what Batman taught me. Yeah, and uh, Jim Cornette's there, I think. For somebody who preaches more liberal politics, he, he sure is, has he is a very conservative anti-progressive mind. And I think he takes things too far. I yeah. think he's rude. And I I think I think if the guy could check his ego, he could be a very very uh, big creative influence in some company. I think a stay at the DDP yoga facility might be uh might be on the docket here yeah. in a few years for Jim Cornette. But hey, I I just that's just I yeah. think I think I think he has a lot to offer. I think he has a lot to offer. I do too. I still think, I think he has a good mind. I think, I think he's, he's just... too stuck in running people like yeah. Joey Janela and Joey Ryan down. Yeah. And uh, with that, we have one more call, another one from Jake. So let's see what he has to say to close things out. Listen up and pay attention. This is Jonas the Wicked, and I'm calling you out, Cowboy Kenny. Oh, shit. This here is a wicked world. We got no room for cowboy shit, partner. If you got the brass spurs... Drag your carcass down to Wicked World, and I'll send you and the horse you rode it on to the Wicked World catacombs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boy. I got to channel it. That's what I was going to say, channel it. Son. Don't knock any of my stuff down this week. I'll try not to, but I get really excited. So, boy, you say you done live in a Wicked World, huh? Well, you ain't seen nothing yet. You want me to bring my spurs? You want me to drag my spurs into the wicked world, boy? You don't know what you're asking for, because here I come. And how about I bring with me a Texas bull rope? And how about I use that rope to gash, wound, and split you wide open, boy? And I drag you back with me to country strong land where I live. And on your way, you can stop by bigboysbodyslams.storeenvy.com and you can get a piece of merchandise to wear. Maybe even a Cowboy Kenny shirt itself. Don't test me, boy. I got the rope, and I got the cowbell, and I'm ready to use them both. And scene. Yeehaw. Yes, sir. <laughs> I had to get a plug in there. God, on command, and you... We're going to have to get a Cowboy Kenny shirt. You're up. such a We're going to have to get a promo between the three characters we oh. got. Uh, slick, city Slicker. City Slicker. And uh, the, pun, yeah. the Wicked, and then Cowboy. Oh, we're going to yeah, have a good yeah, triple yeah. threat match. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so next week, we're, we're doing a show. We, oh, what show are we doing next week? Oh, we're doing Armageddon 2000. Oh! It's requested by uh, Colin, who listens. So, Hell in the Cell show? Yep. Yeah. So we're going to start off with the Radicals, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, and Perry Saturn, three guys we saw on this show. I yeah. like it. And they're wrestling Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, and Lita <sighs> oh, in an intergender oh, oh. elimination tag okay. team Okay, I kind of like that. Whoa, then we have bro. William Regal versus Hardcore Holly okay. for the European Championship. Nice. That'll be all right. Yeah. Val Venus versus China. Okay. Chris Jericho versus Kane in a last man standing match. Oh, hell interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's one of, considered one of Chris Jericho's worst matches. Oh, no. <laughs> then we have a fatal four way match for the WWF Tag Team Championships as we got Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys versus K Quick and Road Dog versus oh. Right to Censor. Which is so nice. weird the Hardys aren't in that. They're wrestling in the first match. Right, right, right. I know. I just don't know oh. why they would. And then we have a singles match for the WWF Intercontinental Champion, Chris Benoit versus Hall of Famer, Legend, Greatest of All Time, Billy Gunn. Nice. Then we have Ivory versus Molly Holly versus Trish Stratus for oh. the Women's Championship. Okay. And then we have a Hell in a Cell match for the WWF Championship between Kurt Angle, The Rock, 
Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, The Undertaker, and Rikishi. And a hay truck. And a hay truck. And a hay truck. Oh, you know that spot. So um, next week it's got gonna be crazy. I just know that we're going to be ashamed of the uh the Val Venus match. <laughs> it's gonna be I'm scared of it. And and way. possibly the women triple threat. Like there's gonna be some risky oh, yeah. shit. So uh, with that note, don't watch Starcade ninety seven, just listen to our episode two. Too sweet. sweet.